stationed in the dismissed the children, so I'm doing that. Or did they all go? Wow. Good morning. I'm uh, glad to be here. Filling in. Uh, delight always to fill in. Um, a couple of things. Most of you know that I've been reading through the Gospels over the last several months, looking at the words of Jesus and trying to categorize the words of Jesus into different subject matters. And so today I wanted to share one of those with you, and I, I thought it fit very well for the week after Easter, because Easter always raises some questions in my mind about who Jesus is. And if you talk to people today and ask them who Jesus is, you get a lot of different answers. So I want us to reflect a little bit about who Jesus is, and that's our subject this morning. In order to do that, I got a whole long outline in here with some scripture passages, which will help you from kind of thumbing through the Bible so you can follow along with that outline if you have one. Uh, it won't up, be up there on the, on the board. Uh, but before we do that, I, I want you to play make-believe. I want you to imagine something that it's it, it, 500 years ago you live. And uh, there are some things that you don't know about. 500 years ago, before Galileo, before Newton, and you're alive, and you're out walking through a field one day, and in the middle of the day, much to your surprise, this happens. The sun goes black. Now, you have never experienced the sun going black in your whole life. You have no explanation for this. You don't understand this at all. Do you feel that frustration? It might be fear. You, you don't know what's happening. Chances are this is never going to happen again. Not in your lifetime. You don't know anything about this. Imagine. How do you deal with something that you can't understand? Well, here's another one. Suppose you live by the seashore and you're told from the very time that you were a kid, if you get in a boat... And you sail that boat out across the sea, eventually you'll fall off the edge. And you can watch, you can see the boat fall off the edge. Well, you're not going to paddle your canoe out there in that sea. Otherwise, you'd fall off the edge. You don't know. And one day you watch a sailing ship sailing out from your town. And it disappears across the horizon as we know it. And the ship is gone. Fell off the edge. But the next day, the ship comes back and says to you, there is no edge. Apparently, we live on a ball. What? <laughs> this makes no sense whatsoever. There is no understanding, no comprehension. You can't compare this to something else. You're just left wondering. Okay? I shared this story before. When we moved to Haiti, we didn't take much with us, but we took a microwave oven. Don't ask me why we took a microwave oven, but we did. And when we rented a house, we got a young man that lived in the house. He came with the house. He was ours. We didn't speak Haitian yet. He didn't speak Creole. He didn't speak English. So we couldn't communicate with each other. And we put this microwave oven in the kitchen. Didn't take him very long to look and see the microwave oven in the kitchen. Didn't know what it was, never saw anything like that before. 
Finally, he made it clear that he wanted to know what that was, and I didn't know how to tell him what that was. So the only thing I could do was put up a, take a glass, fill it with water, took his finger, and I stuck it in the glass. It was cold. I put it in the microwave, turned the microwave on, pulled the glass out, stuck his finger back in, and it was hot. Well, he knows about a stove, so he opened the thing up. He put his hand all around in there. There was nothing warm in there. I couldn't explain what a microwave oven, what microwave oven is, and he has no idea whatsoever what this can be. I got to tell you, he never went near that thing. <laughs> he was pretty sure there was something really bad about that. Because what do we do with things we don't understand? Now, Easter has got to be one of those things. This is about someone who made some claims, and frankly, we don't have anything to compare this Jesus with. This is unique. Who is this Jesus? Who do we say? Jesus is. Well, I listed for you what the traditional Christian position is on all this. There are two creeds. You know them. First is a 320 A.D. creed, the Nicene Creed. I'm not going to read it all, read it all, but listen to me. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, true God from true God, being one with the Father. In 390 A.D., the Apostles' Creed kind of condensed it all down. This is Jesus Christ, God's only Son, Son of God, one with the Father, Creator of all, and a lot more in there as well. Who is this Jesus? Because we don't know anyone that fits all these categories. We have no experience with this. That's the traditional Christian view. What, what do other people say this Jesus is? Well, if you ask people on the street, who do you think Jesus is? You get a lot of different answers. There are some people who are going to say, Jesus never existed. Jesus was a figment of somebody's imagination in the first century. I mean, they developed this whole idea of about a Jesus who went to the cross and who died and was resurrected. He never existed. Historically, he didn't exist. There are people who believe that that's true. Some people will say he was a lunatic. He was a crazy person. He was a person who came to he was real in that respect, but, but he said these things and these things never happened and, and this whole story was made up about him. He was insane. Some people say he was just a liar. He was a trickster. Who is Jesus? If you ask a Buddhist who Jesus is, the Buddhist will probably tell you that he's a historical person. He was a good person. Certainly had nothing to do with saving anybody because salvation comes through you alone, not from anyone else. If you ask a Muslim who Isa, who Jesus is, they'd say, well, he historically existed. He was a good person. He was a teacher. He would, might have even been a prophet. He was even a miracle worker, they might say. But he was not the son of God. And the whole Easter thing of dying on a cross and resurrection, that, that never happened. So who is Jesus? Who do you say Jesus is? Well, I want to go back and take a look at what 
Jesus said he was. It was kind of an interesting adventure. What did Jesus say he was? So we're going to look at that. I wrote down some of the passages for us. Before we do that, I want to pray. Father in heaven, we all came in here this morning with lots of things on our minds. And I am well aware, just visiting with old friends here, that there are some tremendous needs in this congregation of people right here. We got some physical frustrations in our lives right now. We even have a pastor that we're not sure what the situation is with him. And we've been praying for him. We know others. We have family members who are suffering with cancers and problems. Lord God, we're just filled up with all kinds of things on our heart and on our mind. And we want to take a look this morning at what this person Jesus has to say about himself. Not so that we get something to talk about, but so that we have some confidence and some hope and some clear-cut direction for the next day that we're going to live. Grant us that as we meet together. In your son's name, amen. Okay, so if we ask Jesus who he was, the first thing that he gets into is a question about his authority. Now, I don't know if you've ever been questioned about your authority, and I love this story, because this is a question about the authority of Jesus. This is where the whole thing starts. If you'll notice the italics that are written in this little outline, they don't belong to the words of Jesus. They're the context. And then what's not italicized, they're the words of Jesus. So this is the situation. Mark chapter 11, verse 27. They came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and scribes and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to do them? I frankly would be a little intimidated by that, wouldn't you? By what authority do you come here and teach and do these things? Here's Jesus' words, verse 29. I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me this. Well, here's the comment. And they discussed it with one another, saying, well, if we say that John's baptism was from heaven, he will say, why then do you not believe in him? But if we say that it's from man, well, then they were afraid that the people, for they all held John really to be a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. Don't you love that? And Jesus said to them, then neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things either. I just love that. Yeah, I had my authority question once in Budapest. I, we had a bunch of uh, people from the Red Cross Center coming to our church. They were from all numerous different countries, <laughs> refugee kind of people. And, and I went down to the Red Cross Center one day. It was just a few blocks from where we met together as a church. And, and I went there to have a Bible study with this, with this crowd of people that were in there. And I'd made arrangements with it. I walked in and we had a nice room in there where we could have this thing. And we all sat down and the head of the thing, I guess, came over to me and said to me, by what authority are you here? Oh, I, 
I don't know. I, 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 I don't have any authority to be here. I, I love what Jesus said. So we had to leave and we went outside and we had our Bible study out front and we did it every week after that too. But I didn't have any authority. By what authority, Jesus, do you speak? Well, Jesus explains that he speaks by the authority that he is the Son of Man. John chapter 3, verse 12. This is what Jesus said. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Do you have any idea what the Son of Man is? Because at first thought, it sounds like he's saying, I'm human. I'm the Son of humanity. I'm human. I don't think that's what he meant. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the Old Testament, to the prophet Daniel, listen to what Daniel wrote. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days, the Lord God Almighty, And the Son of Man was presented before him. And to him, the Son of Man, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Is that what Jesus meant when he said, By what authority do I speak? I am the Son of Man. I am the one who was in heaven and descended from heaven to earth. Well, then we might ask, well, Jesus, so does that make you the Son of God? Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Remember that? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. He had died. Others say you're Elijah. He was dead. And others say Jeremiah or, well, one of the prophets. So you get your choice here. If you ask people back in Jesus' day, who do people say that I am? Some say I'm the resurrected John the Baptist. Some say I must be a prophet of some kind. And some say I might even be Elijah, who was prophesied back in Malachi that he would come before the end. He said to them, who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This is the Son of Man, the Son of God. There is another incident in Matthew chapter 26, verse 63. Jesus remained silent, and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, 
From now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Are you the Son of God? And Jesus said, you said so. In that same instance as recorded by Mark in chapter 14, verse 62, Mark said that Jesus replied to the question, are you the Son of God? I am. And in Mark chapter 14, verse 63, the high priest who heard him tore his garments and said, what further witnesses do we need? He claims to be God. Pretty outrageous. Who is this Jesus? Well, Jesus said, I am the son of man and the son of God. When we moved to uh, Haiti, uh, one of our youngest son was with us. He was 11 or 12 years old, and he became a very good friend of a neighbor that lived just a few doors from us, Andy. And Andy's parents had been in Haiti for three generations, so he was fluent in the language, and so they kind of hung around together and traveled together, both went to school together. And they got well enough so that they could travel on these things called tap-taps. That's a tap-tap, Haiti's full of tap-taps. That, that's, a, that's a local bus. And all you do is just climb in the back of the truck and then you just go wherever you think the tap-tap's going. And when it's time to get off, you just say, uh, merci, and uh, they'll stop and you get off the thing. It's real easy. It's a great way to travel. Well, these two kids, 11, 12-year-old kids, they would have to go from down where the school was, up the mountain that we lived on, and to our house. And it just so happened that our house, after we moved there, was right next door to a home that belonged to the president for life of Haiti. He had bought the house as kind of a mountain retreat. They wanted us to move away, and we said, no, we like it here. And so they let us stay there, but it was right next door to our house. So these two little 11, 12-year-old kids would get in this conversation on the tap-tap in the middle of that thing with all the rest of the people in the tap-tap. They would start talking in Creole to each other about they were going up to see the president of Haiti. And, uh, you know, nobody questioned about them. And here's the only two little white kids in this tap-tap full of not white kids. And so they would then say, make sure that they understood and heard them, we're actually the president of the United States' sons. (laughs) Now, can you imagine the poor people in that tap-tap? And they would get to Les Les Petites Roches, which was the house next door to our house, and they would say, merci, and the tap tap would stop and the two little kids would get off and walk over toward the gate like they owned the place. They were here because they were the president of the United States' son visiting the president of Haiti. And I can only imagine what the people on the tap tap thought because it went on. And they must have went home and said, oh, you never, you can't imagine who I met today in the tap tap when I traveled. I met the president of the United States' sons, you know. Totally erroneous. No proof for any of this. Jesus, who are you? He said, I am the Son of Man, and I am the Son of God. And the interesting thing is, there was evidence about him that he truly might be that. However, you can understand that. Well, it gets more complicated. Because Jesus also goes on to say, I existed before I was born on earth. 
I pre-existed. John chapter 8, verse 56. Your father Abraham, Jesus said, rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. And the people who were discussing this with him were the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and they said to him, wait a minute, you're telling us that Abraham, our father, who lived 2,000 years ago, saw you? And so you get their response in verse 57. The Jews said to him, you're not even 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Mm. How do you grab that? I, I can't even understand that. That's worse than falling off the ball at the end of the earth. I don't understand this. And even worse than that, he claimed the I am. The I am is what God told Moses he was. Back in Exodus chapter 3, 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, you say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So if we ask Jesus, who do you say you are? He'd say, I'm the son of man. I'm the son of God. I existed before I came to earth incarnate. How do I understand that? But there's more. Jesus said, I have this relationship with God, my Father in heaven, the Lord God Almighty. I have a relationship that's threefold. First of all, he sent me to do the things I do. John chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he is himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. And the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. And then he makes this statement. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Can you imagine? In John chapter 7, verse 28, Jesus proclaimed this as he taught in the temple. You know me and you know where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. Who are you, Jesus? The Lord God Almighty sent me to do his work. John chapter 6, verse 38. I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. Eternal life is mine to give. The resurrection is mine to give. I am sent from the Father 
to do the work of the Father. Can I go over this with you? This is Jesus who said, I'm the Son of Man. Even as that is described in the Old Testament. I am the Son of God. I existed before I was born here. I have been sent from the Father to do the will of the Father. And then the crowning touch. The Father and I are one. John chapter 10, verse 30. I and the Father are one. How can you understand that? John chapter 14, verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? So the next time somebody says to you, what did Jesus say about himself? been told numerous times in my life. Jesus never said he was God. Bible doesn't say Jesus said he was God. So I have the answer for you. If somebody asks you, who did Jesus say he was? Jesus said he was the son of man. Jesus said he was the son of God. Jesus said he existed before he was born on earth. Jesus said he had a relationship with the father and he was sent from the father to do the will of the father and he and the father are one. I can understand all that. I just can't put it in my head. Can you? Because we have nothing to compare this to. There is no other person like this. There is no other creation. There is nothing that we have to compare it to. It is totally foreign to us. It does not make sense. Now, fortunately... Theologians have a word for this. You ready for it? It's called the hypostatic union. That sounds good, doesn't it? The hypostatic union is the theological proposition that the Lord Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. That's never helped me much. (laughs) Not that he was half God and half man. Not that somebody lived on Mount Olympus and only came in the form of a man. No, no. Fully God and fully man. But how do we deal with this? I want you to look for a minute at how we deal with some other things that are totally bizarre to us. My kid told me this last night. He said to me, my oldest kid, He said to me and to his mother, you guys are so lucky. You have lived through all these changes. I'll throw through them up here. A man on the moon. How do you explain a man on the moon? I remember the the man walked on the moon. I was in Henderson, Texas. We were moving a building. And the man who was moving the building, I commented to him and I said, wow, isn't this something? A man has walked on the moon today. And he said, you're out of your mind. Men can't walk on the moon. They faked that whole thing. That was done out in Arizona somewhere. Because it doesn't fit. 
but we sort of have learned and let it fit. How about satellites? Do you understand satellites? They're working all over the place. You got, we got satellites everywhere. They, they do all kinds of things that we don't even know what they do. We never even heard of satellites until not so many years ago. Or how about a GPS? You all do know what a GPS is. Tells you where you are. You just have that little device in your car, or you have it in your hand, and it tells you where you are. I had to go find somebody's house the other night. I just had my phone with a GPS, and it just told me, well, here you are, and here's their house, and all you have to do is just keep driving, yeah, there you are. Do you know how that works? I have no clue. I have no clue whatsoever. Bizarre. How about computers? Woe be it that these things came. Does anybody know how a computer works here? Maybe you do. I don't know. How many of you have a computer? Do you use it? How can you use something that you don't understand? You see what I'm saying here? How about laser beams? I remember being in New Mexico at the Sandia Laboratories with a, with a young guy who was in the military, and he took me and a, some Boy Scouts down into the lower levels of the Sandia Labs in Albuquerque, and, and he showed us what they were doing with laser beams. I said, what is a laser beam? And they had this whole room down there, and they had little fake little model airplanes and stone walls all around them. And the little model airplanes were shot to pieces off these stone walls. I said, you do that with a beam of light? Yeah. I, do I know how a laser beam works? No. But I understand it can be useful. And of course, there is the cell phone. The smart cell phone. No idea how we use this. Now, lest we think we have arrived yet, does everybody know what checkers is? Do you all know how to play checkers? You guys know how to play checkers? Yes. Who, do you play checkers with each other or do you play it with the computer? Okay. I taught all my kids how to play checkers until they could beat me. <laughs> I taught my grandkids how to play checkers until they could beat me. And now I'm teaching my great-grandkids how to play checkers. And my eight-year-old great-grandkid was at my house the other day, and he got out my iPad, because we don't play checkers on a board anymore. Got my iPad, and he said, let's play checkers, Gigi Pop. I said, okay. I'm not paying much attention to this checker game. He's eight years old. What does he know? Then we're bouncing around on a computer, and finally I realize I'm losing here. (laughs) And he stops the game and he says to me, are you just pretending to let me win? (laughs) And I had to tell him, no, no, you're winning. (laughs) Do you know kids don't even play checkers with other kids anymore? They play checkers with the computer. 
How can a computer play checkers? How can a computer know how to play checkers with somebody? How's that work? I don't know. Do you understand artificial intelligence? Do you understand that there are people now saying that computers can actually learn things? You know what they do with computers now, with checkers? They, they let one computer play checkers against another computer playing checkers. And so as the two computers play checkers, they go through all the moves, all the possible moves, all the hundreds of thousands of moves, and they learn from each other. Well, they can play checkers in a few seconds. And these computers get smarter. Did you hear this guy just recently played this game Go with little black and white marbles? He's a world expert. They taught a computer to play the game. The computer played other games with the computer. And they back and back and back and forth. And this guy lost the whole thing completely. The computer wins because the computer has artificial intelligence. It teaches itself. I don't understand anything about that. But I guess I can use it. How about this? This is your new car, folks. Coming soon to your driveway. Oh, you don't have to worry about driver's license. It doesn't have driver. You just go out and get in it and tell it where it want to go. And it goes there. You heard about this, haven't you? Google has some running around the country. How many of you are going to get in that car? <laughs> oh, you will eventually. There won't be any choice. All of this to say that some of the most amazing, confusing, misunderstood, no explanation things We've learned to trust and use. This is Jesus. Easter is not rational. This Jesus is not logical. This Jesus is one and alone. And this is the Jesus who wrote these words, and I put it in big print on the back of your thing. This is the will of my Father, said Jesus, that everyone who looks on the Son, Son of Man, Son of God, and believes in Him, trusts Him, should have eternal life, and I'll raise Him up on the last day. Anybody need to say anything more? Jesus said, that's who I am. Am I going to understand that? Probably not fully. Can I trust it? I'm going to trust it. And what a life to live. Let's pray. Father in heaven, with a world in which we live that's not doing very well, with refugees wandering this earth, trying to find a place of safety and security, with people bent on destroying one another all over this world. 
what are we left to do but to come and put ourselves at the feet of the one who said he was the Son of God, the Son of Man, who existed long before he came to earth, who was here sent by you to do your will and one with you. And while we will never fully grasp all of that, we can trust him and walk through this life with a strange sense of peace and comfort. In his name, amen. Would you stand as we close the song?
we believe that this morning? Amen. This Jesus, Son of Man, Son of God, pre-existent, sent from the Father to do the Father's will, one with the Father. No matter what our struggles are this week, no matter what your thoughts and worries are, we can trust him. And it is enough. God bless you. Use you this week. May you bring a good word to someone else, this good word of Jesus. And be blessed as you do it. In his name, amen.